In those days, Mary set out with haste, and she went to a town in the Judean hill country, and she entered the house of Zechariah, and she greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how is it that the mother of my Lord has come to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is the one who believed that it would be fulfilled all the things that she had been told by her Lord. The Gospel of the Lord. So many in the world, maybe most, know something of Mary's story. The young girl, the virgin, betrothed, engaged, promised to a man named Joseph, told she would become pregnant and that she would give birth to a child more special, more holy, more chosen than anyone in the history of history. Less popular is the story of Mary's Aunt Elizabeth, who, for whatever reason, does not make it into any of the other Gospels. The two seem an unlikely pair, Mary and Elizabeth. Elizabeth was old. Mary was young. Elizabeth had been married for years to Zechariah the priest. Mary was merely betrothed, promised, engaged to a carpenter named Joseph. Elizabeth had tried and prayed and hoped to become pregnant, but unsuccessful had decided she was too old, barren where childbirthing was concerned. Mary may very well have been be- believed herself to have been too young to get pregnant, not to mention the whole issue of her virginity. This isn't something she would have wanted, Mary. But there she was, in the family way, as they say, at least according to that angel. So you can't help but wonder what Mary wanted to visit with Elizabeth for out there in the hill country of Judea. Maybe she was frightened of what her own parents would say, but knew she had this cool aunt who might understand. Maybe Mary, in spite of all her better intentions, had thoughts of disappearing 40 weeks or so, that all of this might be kept a secret somehow. Maybe... Mary wanted to confirm what the angel had told her. If her aunt really was pregnant after all these years, then perhaps the angel knew what the angel was talking about. Mary might actually be pregnant too. Maybe Mary hoped her Aunt Elizabeth could offer advice about what she should expect, about what she could do to get ready for all that was to come. We may never know or be able to imagine all the things running through the mind of a young, pregnant, unmarried, first-century peasant girl. 
as she made her way to visit Elizabeth out in those hills. But I suspect at some level, no matter what her fears and her plans might have been when it came to explaining all of this to her people, Mary just needed to share it with someone who might understand, with someone who might love her even if others might not. See, I like to imagine Aunt Elizabeth, the wife of Zechariah the priest, remember, was the kind of woman who laughed too loudly in polite company. Said more, maybe, than she was supposed to say some of the time. That maybe she even cussed a little. That she was a bit rough around the edges, at least for the wife of a priest, perhaps. So I like to imagine Elizabeth was the cool aunt who explained things to Mary that she hadn't learned at home yet about birds and bees and babies and about how all of this would have, should have, could have happened had her lost virginity not been such a mystery anyway. I think it's pretty likely that Aunt Elizabeth was a first-century feminist had there been a word or a way for something like that in those days who helped Mary see and who helped Mary sing even about the power a woman could hold. The power they both held, Mary and Elizabeth, growing in their bellies. The power that they would cradle in their arms. The power that they would gift to the world. The power to raise up their boys, I mean to cast the mighty down from their thrones, to raise up the lowly, to send the rich away empty, to otherwise upset the apple cart of the status quo in the world as they understood it to be. Because I like to imagine Aunt Elizabeth knew her scripture just as well as her husband, the priest, and that she prayed and unpacked something called Hannah's Song, from the book of First Samuel, with Mary, maybe while they were preparing dinner out around the fire. This is some of what Hannah's song sings, generations before Mary and Elizabeth, when her prayers, Hannah's, for a child, were finally answered. Hannah sang, My heart exalts in the Lord, my strength is exalted in my God. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in my victory. There's no holy one like the Lord, no one beside you. There's no rock like our God. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble gird on strength. Those who are full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who are hungry are fat with spoil. The Lord raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. There's more to it, but Hannah's song sounds an awful lot like Mary's Magnificat, if you remember it. The song she sang just after she spent this time with Elizabeth, a song we're going to sing in a moment. So pay attention. Anyway, I imagine Mary had her suspicions about that angel who would not. And that she wanted Elizabeth to tell her 
to assure her, to promise her that there was, that there was more than she could see about all of this at the moment. See, the angel never told Mary to go visit Elizabeth. But I believe all of that is why Mary ran to see her. For camaraderie, for support, for encouragement, for someone with whom she could share common ground, for no small measure of hope in all of this. I believe their visit was about one woman seeking another when she needed help, advice, a lifeline even. Someone to tell her this was going to be okay in the end. That she could do this after all. That she wasn't as alone or as in danger or as unprepared as she must have felt when she wasn't talking to angels anyway. And isn't that something all of us have felt at some time or another? Uncertain, overwhelmed, out of our element, afraid, alone, certain no one understands or nobody has traveled this road we're on before, unprepared, over our head, out of faith. Like Mary, don't we want to share questions with someone who's asking those questions too? Like Mary, don't we want to name our fears with someone who's been scared just like we are? Like Mary, don't we want to be free to wonder, to dream, to ask hard questions with a like-minded soul? With someone who will feel free to wonder and to dream and to ask hard questions without judgment right along with us. Which is why I like to hear the story of Mary's visit to Elizabeth, of course, right before Christmas. Because it's a story that's bigger than even Mary and Elizabeth. It's as big as whatever questions and yearnings and fears consume our daily lives. The story of Christmas, after all, is about people estranged in so many ways being called together by a common ground. That is so much bigger than all we pretend can keep us apart in this life. It's why God comes into the world with the birth of Jesus. God in Jesus is the common ground on which every one of us is invited to find our footing. The incarnation of the creator in Christ is God's gift of common ground for the world. And like Mary... We want someone who knows about the questions we ask, and God sends us Jesus. Like Mary, we want someone who knows about the things that scare us most, and God sends us Jesus. Like Mary, we want someone who shares our pain and our joy and our dreams and our destiny, and so God sends us Jesus. Like Mary, we want someone to confirm, to assure, to promise that we are indeed blessed in the eyes of our maker. And God sends us Jesus. And in the meantime, we all need, or 
maybe we need to be for someone else an Aunt Elizabeth. Maybe we need, or maybe we need to be for someone else, one who listens without judgment. Maybe we need or need to be one who believes the unbelievable for someone who can't do that at the moment. Maybe we need or need to be someone who encourages when others won't, someone who loves when others don't, someone who abides, who hopes, helps, comforts, commiserates, who shows up, who sits with, who stands by no matter what. Because who knows what might have come of Mary had Elizabeth not come through for her in all of those ways in the first place. Would she have found the practical help she was looking for? Would she have mustered the courage required of her? Would she have found the faith it took to answer her call, to do God's bidding, to sing her song so that we might too? Thanks be to God. We don't have to know the answer to that question. Amen.